peace, truth, spirituality, healing, holistic health, aliens, ancient history, plant medicine, mysticism. If these words excite you, you're in the right place. Here, we seek to dig deep into all these topics and more. You, me and my guests together. Welcome to the Enlighten with Alex podcast. Welcome back everyone to the Enlighten with Alex podcast with myself, Alex. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. We've got lots of incredible guests coming up, including today, a friend of mine called Sarah Rumble. She's a yoga teacher locally. So I'm looking forward to learning all about yoga today. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Alex. How are you? Yeah, all good. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Is this your first podcast, by the way? Have you done one before? Yes. So I apologise if I'm slightly awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Looking very relaxed. Must be all that yoga. Yeah, it helps. So yeah, it's funny because obviously I teach meditation and whatnot. I have done yoga classes, but I don't know a fat lot about yoga. Okay. Which is why I wanted to get you on. I know you've got good knowledge on it. So to start with, do you mind just telling us a bit of the history of yoga? Yeah, sure. So um, it originates in India, as most people know, and um, it's debated how old it is. Usually the agreed um, age is about 5,000 years old because they can find like um, cave um, yoga postures and stuff in the Indus valleys. Um, so that's where it originates from. And then obviously it is kind of spread across the world I can't tell you off the top of my head who um kind of helped that journey evolve um I was actually I, I wrote a few notes down and I was like mm, it's probably a little bit of a vital information I should have uh, looked at but, oh, that yeah. is one little thing that I know only a little bit oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, then. <laughs> I've got a book that was recommended through the George Harrison movie, I don't know if you've seen that, it's called Living in the Material World. If, if anyone hasn't watched it, I'd recommend it. It's really, really cool. And it was his favourite book was called The Autobiography of a Yogi, mm-hmm. made by, uh, I forget his first name, his surname is Yogananda. And there's a documentary of that on, uh, on Gaia. Yeah. It talks about how he started bringing it over to America. He got a lot of abuse, actually, like when he walked in the streets and whatnot, but he got loads of it was mainly the upper class Americans, but you got them into yoga, so that's quite interesting. But obviously, there's been loads of people that have brought it over, not just him. Yeah, so I'm not very good at remembering like hard facts, like dates and names. I kind of remember like the gist and the theory and the concept of things. Yeah. Um, so I know, for example, when British went, um, the British went to colonize India, um, they kind of shunned all of their science and uh their medical system and their spirituality and stuff like that so i know it took a while for then for yoga and ayurveda and all the other cultural um treasures over there to kind of like come back up from the surface um, is that like ayurveda and stuff the the medical side yeah so it's called the sister science or it's known as the sister science of yoga it's um it's kind of like a medical system that incorporates uh the five elemental theory it incorporates like the natural rhythms of um, life and nature um living in harmony with these cycles and yeah i'm just studying that at the moment and it is mind-blowing it's it's really good 
Oh, I have to look into it. I always think with stuff like that could be like one of a few things. Are they kind of dismissed it because the farmer industry is it because they genuinely just don't believe in it, or maybe it's like the arrogance of you know we're better than you, or maybe yeah, like I say, they genuinely believe it doesn't work. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that, I think yeah. a lot of it was when the British went over. Um, they thought that their their Western science was uh, m- much more superior than their kind of what they might have said was primitive at the time, but actually, you know, steeped in ancient wisdom that is now getting slowly proven by science anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's true. And isn't it like? In science as well, they've kind of shown that the chakra system has some truth in it because they reckon that they are actually like seven key um, energy centres in the body. I read something like that. Wow. Um, I know that a lot of science kind of mirroring um, things like, you know, quantum physics, saying that we have got an electromagnetic field, like an aura, an energy system that swirls around us and through us and everything else. Um, that's the first I've heard that they think that they could back up the chakra theory. So that's really interesting. I'll yeah. have to Google that as well. <laughs> no, I don't know. I read it in a mainstream article somewhere and I was just surprised yeah. that they've even said that. <laughs> Jumping on what's popular at the moment, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, obviously we've seen like a huge surge in people and the uptake in yoga over the last 10 years mm-hmm. um how have you kind of found that journey actually how did you start to get into yoga i forgot to ask you at the start what was your kind of story um my first ever class was when i was 17 and my mum took me to a class that was in like a school hall area and um so that was my first taste and I didn't really take to it that much I think she took me out of desperation because I was really really heartbroken um it was my first major boyfriend and it was yeah it was an upsetting moment for me so she was like it will make you feel better and um yeah well it didn't work so much at the time at the age of 17 (laughs) um and then from there, I haven't really like purposely or consciously seeked it out. It just came, kind of came into my path. So when I went traveling, um, I did a little bit of yoga in Thailand, um, which I really enjoyed. And um, there's some like specific memories from those yoga classes that have really stuck with me. And then I used to live in Cardiff. And I guess that's where my love for yoga really kindled when I was at uni um I went to yoga class about three two or three times a week and it was the only place I actually felt like I could relax because I didn't really relax to the house share environment I didn't really relax to the university lifestyle it's pretty Um, full-on isn't it uh, it was full-on and I was classed as a mature student so like I wasn't up for getting hammered every night or, or, or ever really at that point um so yeah, it just felt like a little sanctuary, like a little haven. I could um, connect to my body, get some quiet space and be around like-minded people. So that's kind of where it began and where it evolved. Were those students in the classes, were they 
fellow uni students or that was that just local people in the Cardiff area just local people um I think I was quite lucky to be in Cardiff because they've got quite a like health awareness culture there and I think maybe because of the sports and the rugby and all those sort of things so um there was a young crowd there which was nice but none of them were my um uni students um and then when I moved back to the Midlands at the time I tried quite hard to look for a class and again it was just um there wasn't anyone you know my peer group going to yoga classes it really took some time to kind of find that here but I'm, I'm glad it's growing um well hopefully it's growing anyway fingers crossed after the uh, pandemic that things can still you know bounce back but um yeah 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 no um it's funny isn't it so before would you say it was more of an older crowd yeah yeah I, I would say so but of course that's me from a very young and naive perspective maybe I just wasn't looking in the right places but um that's definitely my experience <laughs> yeah yeah we're kind of late teens early 20s and mm. kind of very much influenced by kind of fads and celebrities aren't they so now it's course there's a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon I'm not saying it's a bad thing because mm-hmm. they're probably getting a lot more out of it than just you know some likes on Instagram or whatever mm-hmm. yeah cool so yeah, just going back to the um oh yeah and then kind of your transition into being a teacher sorry we didn't get into that um so I came back here really enjoyed it but I I've been doing yoga for several years now um, to the point where I moved back here from Cardiff Um, and I just wanted to get a little bit deeper so I never did my yoga teacher training with the intention to become a teacher. Um, I did my teacher training and I was actually working as a art lecturer at a prison and everyone was like oh you need to get out of here you need to become a yoga teacher you'll do so well blah 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 and I was like no 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 no. I'm not going to do that I like my job here I'm happy with it it's steady income good good benefits you know I know that I've got a job every day um there's not enough money in yoga and all these things I was limiting myself um and then the universe had a way of kicking me up the bum and I basically had a bit of a breakdown uh wait what year is it uh 2019 early 2019 uh and I just couldn't I couldn't set foot in the building um and then I had to reconsider my options and then it kind of gave me the courage to embrace being self-employed and trusting in myself and um growing my business and I would not I haven't regretted that decision for a moment even with the pandemic and everything going sideways um totally happy with my choice wow yeah another good memo to follow the dreams and how long have you been teaching for um it's coming up to three years this summer three years wow cool yeah gone so quick so it seems to be like a, a theme with all my guests that kind of they've had something terrible happen and it shifted them into mm-hmm. like their true path if you like sounds like a, a similar story um so yeah, just going back to what we were saying about the chakras as well i understand a lot of 
yoga is using certain positions to help align the chakras mm-hmm. could you talk us through that a little bit because this podcast i want it to be so you know even a complete beginner can get a good understanding of yoga yeah sure um so when it comes to the chakras and specific yoga postures though i mean uh, there's lots of different lineages of yoga and there's lots of different schools of thought and just like anything like from different scientific backgrounds different religions they all have their different opinions and they won't necessarily agree on it and it's the same with yoga so from what I've been taught and my own personal approach and what I've read and my own experiences and stuff is that it's not like the yoga postures are prescribed to do certain things to the chakras but it's more about your intention when you're in a posture for example um you know you could be in a standing posture and you can really take your awareness down to your feet and really feel a um a sense of grounding down and pushing down into the feet and that would Um, be associated with the root chakra with stability with being connected to the earth but equally if you're in standing posture you can be going completely the opposite direction and lengthening up through the crown of your head same posture but then you're thinking about the crown chakra and connecting to those you know higher realms of energy whatever you want to call them universal energy prana shakti you know again lots of different names depending on what resonates and what lineage you're from but um yeah so I don't think it's like a prescriptive thing and of course you can google things and say uh yoga postures for the heart chakra or yoga postures for the solar plexus or whatever and there are like certain um themes that might come up like twists are good for you say uh solar plexus and you'll focus on certain areas But I think it's more about your intention when you're in the postures, where your mind's at, what you want to cultivate, what you're focusing on. Um, So, yeah, that's what I have to say on that. It's not prescriptive. Um, You you could be in any posture and open, close, activate, whatever chakra you want to. Cool, cool. No, that makes sense. Yeah, it's more about the intention that you said. And what lineage are you from? Because you mentioned there's different lineages, you know, what yes. you're teaching. Um, my um, course was, my qualification is half a year ago, which is quite an umbrella term because Ashtanga comes from half a year ago, Vinyasa, Iyengar, um, lots of different um, lineages come from Hatha. But um, the teachings my lineage focused on the most was... Um, Jessica Charles, if you've heard of him. No, no, I heard that. There's a wonderful book called The Heart of Yoga, and I'm just trying to look for it just to make sure I've got the name right, and I can't find it. Yeah, it is. The Heart of Yoga, Jessica Charles. The Heart of Yoga, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I have to leave a link down below if people want to get that. Yeah, it's really good. It kind of gives you, like, it, it goes quite deep into philosophy, but it's also, it's a nice introduction as well to uh, yoga. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was another yeah, reason I wanted to get you on because I know you teach Hatha. I don't, in all honesty, know exactly what that means or anything like that. But I just know that I really enjoy your classes. Because for me, I do a lot of, I play football, I like to do weights and things like that. So when I do yoga, I don't like to do the more 
you know, really physical stuff. I prefer it to be more gentle and uh, relaxing. That's what I found with Hafa. I don't know if that's across the board. Like you say, there's different types or. I think, uh, well, you've, you've got your different classes, but you've got your different teachers as well. And yeah. depending on where you're teaching, the institution you're teaching for also wants something different from you. So yeah. you've done a few of my classes online. You've done a few in a studio. Yeah. My own personal style when it comes to Hatha, it's my opportunity to take it relaxed. I like to weave in the philosophy um, and I like to keep it quite traditional. Whereas the flow classes, people come for that for exercise. And although that breaks my heart a little bit, I try and like drip feed, um, you know, plant seeds of um, philosophy concepts, something that they can think about or take away afterwards. And they might not be aware that I'm doing that, but that's what I'm doing. Um, like but, that. Yeah. Hatha means um sun and moon so it's supposed to be the balancing of energies so in the series of the hatha yoga pradipika which i always struggle to say but i think i said that okay (laughs) um there there's like energizing postures and there's restorative postures so you, you kind of um you can you blend the two in a sequence to try and balance out your energies as well with meditation and pranayama which is breathing or energy work and uh, your shavasana at the end cool cool yeah. and yeah i suppose the the breath is quite important in yoga practice isn't it can you tell us a bit more about that because again i'm not that mm-hmm. clued up you meant to time it with certain postures aren't you what um yeah so breathing within a yoga class or an asana class should I say an asana means posture um it is preferred to breathe while you move or to breathe in a conscious way while holding a static posture and it just helps you to bring that mind body spirit connection while you're in the practice instead of people going through the motions and doing the yoga postures, but actually they're thinking about what they're cooking for dinner or the heated argument that they had at work a couple of hours before. So it's just to help anchor you um, a bit more into the present moment while we're moving. Um, But the breathing practice itself in yoga, pranayama, is a bit of a, it's a standalone practice from the asana practice. Um, and it's actually considered a, a higher practice or a more evolved practice than the postures themselves. And it's not just about controlling the breath. It's more about moving energy and expanding energy and cultivating energy. Okay. So kind of like bringing in new vitali- vitalizing energy and letting go of stress, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I've just finished uh, my um, pranayama teacher training course um, this weekend, and um, there's so much more to it than I expected. It's um, yeah, it's really interesting. So I'm going to start introducing that more to my classes. But there's there's practices that will boost your energy. There's practices that will balance. There's ways of breathing that will tranquilize you. Um, Yeah, it's. It's, um, it, yeah, it's really good. It's really interesting. Cool. And um, when will you start teaching that, do you think? We'll have to give it a bash. 
Um, I think I'll be, again, drip feeding it into my current classes. Um, I did do a breathing workshop last year and I did schedule one this year, but I've kind of, I'm kind of not trying to over plan my diary at the moment just because I think I need the extra headspace to digest what's going on and to be a bit more level headed and grounded. So um, I've cancelled that for now. And yeah, in the future, I will do a workshop. Amazing. Amazing. One to look out for. So yeah, obviously you teach yoga, you practice it yourself, I'm guessing most days or maybe every day. Mm-hmm. So what from forget the kind of spiritual side just for now what from a mental and physical side would you say the main benefits of yoga that you've seen in yourself and your students along the way um I think the biggest benefit is at the end of a practice myself and I'll repeat I'll like often hear people say I just feel so relaxed now and I think in this world at the moment or you know, just our culture in general, we're so overstimulated, we're bombarded with information, we're bombarded with responsibilities, to-do lists and everything else. And like, it's valued to go at a fast pace. I just think it really helps people to calm their nervous system, allow the mind to become a bit more quiet. Then when your mind's more quiet, you can process your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings a lot more better. You can make decisions clearly. And of course, that has a ripple effect of your mental health. So it helps with anxiety, sleeping, depression, sadness, grief, you know, the whole spectrum of um, uncomfortable things that um, people deal with, mentally in particular. It, it has, it's been documented so many times and I've seen it firsthand myself that it really helps that aspect. Physically, it's a lot more straightforward depending on what class you do it can help build um on your flexibility your joint health your um, mobility and um strength as well depending if, if you're doing a strong class it's gonna build strength but not if you're in restorative you're not going to build any muscles there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why i like the relaxed classes i like yeah. to do muscle building elsewhere but um yeah very similar with meditation for me the mental aspect I found very similar benefits felt less stress as anxious like you say in our society everything's just hectic isn't it and I think this year it's kind of like a two-edged sword, sword because it's been kind of traumatic in a way but at the same time it's give people that opportunity to slow down and maybe try things like yoga hasn't it so have you seen that in your classes have you seen more people wanting to get involved do you think or I suppose it's hard because you can't teach physically yeah I wouldn't say I've necessarily seen more people because um, I'm not teaching as much and the glass the class sizes have dropped for lots of different reasons um but I've I've come across different people because of being on the online platform but um I don't know. I think once we're out of it, I think yoga will become, it will have a little boom. It will get more popular. But at the moment, I think people are just, you know, they're either juggling, being at work, homeschooling kids, worrying about their older parents, worrying about the bills to pay. 
that a lot of people, if they weren't already into yoga, probably haven't got the headspace to even consider it right now. Um, I think they're in survival mode, or a lot of people are. Um, but yeah, once we're out, I do, I do hope that people um, kind of realise that it will be a lot of help to them to look after their mental health and to slow down as well. Yeah, definitely. I think with physical health as well, obviously. Oh yeah. The virus and just being locked down where you can't really do much physical exercise. I think like you say, there'll be a boom, you know, all that sort of stuff and people will have more of a, an appreciation for it. So yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, physical aspects. Yeah, obviously like you say. In fact, I'm noticing myself because I've been slacking, like I've said to you. I'll be mean to come. Yeah, it's terrible, really. And <laughs> I'm noticing it in my back. Like, I've got a big strain in my back. And I know when I was doing yoga a bit more consistently, those mm. kind of aches and pains weren't there. So, yeah, definitely big mm. physical benefits. So, I want to talk about something a little bit more controversial now. Yeah. So I spoke to you a little bit about this the other day. Um, what do you make of kind of yogis? I've seen a lot of this on Instagram, saying yeah. practice in sort of a sexual way because I'm seeing some and they're literally like naked pretty much every post or like every post has got like massive cleavage. I've, <laughs> I don't even want to say the one thing I saw the other day because it's just too much. But I saw something. Who were you following? <laughs> it's just... Because, like, obviously, I've got a meditation page. Yeah. So end up following a lot of yogis, and then these things pop up. But if it gets like that, I normally unfollow them. So, yeah, what do you make of all that kind of thing? Well, my question was going to be to throw it back at you and say, what do you find sexually provocative? But obviously, you just said there was massive cleavage out and other things that you don't want to describe and mention. So we'll just leave that to everyone's imagination. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my other question was going to be, how do you know they're trying to sell yoga? Like, is it in the caption or is it just picture? Um, well, I just think, I don't know. It's like, it just feels that way. I might be completely wrong. Maybe they're just, you know, being free in themselves, loving the body and I get all that stuff. And I think there is that side to it as well. I'm not saying like, every naked post of disgrace like it's your birth suit do what you want kind of thing yeah it's more i don't know how to explain it but certain things you can tell it's like in a sexual way and then they got all these followers most of them probably aren't even women it's just guys who want to see that kind of stuff um but i just feel it goes against the kind of ancient practice if you like and the um, integrity of it mm-hmm. okay so um it's it's a really interesting question and um i kind of had lots of different angles to come at and i think i will start with the ancient india thing because traditionally and the men in india still do now and i don't know for the women in india but you know they they wore what was comfortable and, and quite regularly that was basically nothing <laughs> So, you know, like a little cloth around the waist and that would be it. So from that perspective, if that's what they're comfortable wearing and something a little, you know, 
they can move freely and it doesn't inhibit their um, practice. But the truth is, if someone's doing a photo shoot, like a lot of um, you know perfectly polished Instagram coordinated pages are like, they're fueled off photo shoots, then you would want to question, well, that's not really your yoga practice then, that's you using a posture for a photo. Mm. Whether that's to sell something like a big branded company, whether they're being paid for it or endorsed. Um, I heard as well that some Instagram pages, and this is just a new idea to me, aren't even real people, that they're like bots and the whole page is orchestrated to look like an influencer but actually so it's hard to tell like is it is it a robot is it a fake profile is it a company um paying a person to do these things or is it someone who thinks that that's a good way to become an influencer i don't know um but from a yogic perspective and not wanting to judge the individual who may be in a tiny tiny bikini and showing her cleavage then you know good on her if she's comfortable with her body and she's doing that for the right reasons if she's got a healthy relationship with herself um but it would make me wonder how clued up she is or how how much knowledge she has of yoga um and the way I look at it is you know if a toddler does something bad but they don't know they're doing anything bad you don't judge them and condemn them as a, a bad person you you know you would say you know you, do you realize what you're doing you might be um a little bit naive here and let me educate you so from that perspective I kind of feel like it's a lack of education and maybe it's because yoga's become so um mainstream now and with big companies and I'm not going to name any big companies but you know big clothing companies they've kind of perpetuated that yoga has a specific image um and of course yoga's the physical practice, the postures are such a small part of the um, philosophy and teachings of yoga. They're really just a way to purify the body and to regulate yourselves. Whereas, you know, everything, the rest of it is much like a much bigger question on what your relationship to yourself is, what your relationship to the world is, how you connect to everyone and things around you. Um so I, th- I think it's about education and possibly people being a little bit naive. And I'd like to think that there's no bad intentions behind there. But it's similar to um, what you said yesterday in the, um, in the webinar about cryptocurrency. It's not that money is evil. I think it's what people do with the money and what people do with the tool they're given and if they don't really know what they're dealing with they don't really know that yoga is this bigger concept of spiritual enlightenment and betterment and wellness and love and all these things and they reduce it to a sexy posture is a little bit sad but it depends it depends if they know that context um are they doing it maliciously are they doing it ignorantly or maybe, like you said, they're completely, um, you know, they've had 
issues with their self-identity and now they've grown into absolutely loving and enduring their body and that is brilliant and if that's where they're at now and that's their background then that would be yoga because that is a healthy relationship with yourself being brave to the world um but it's a complicated question because there's all these like little nuances and it depends on the context um i know cultural appropriation is like a hot topic at the moment mm-hmm. so um it could borderline onto that discussion if you wanted to go there but again it's there's no clear answer no i think that's a great answer very very balanced which is normally the best place to be and yeah i hope i didn't come across judgment i'm not saying you're saying that because these are very small minority of the yoga community i'm talking about here and like you say it might be a lack of education maybe their intention is and you could argue this point that by doing stuff like that you introduce a whole new crowd into yoga that might not have necessarily been into it yeah which would be a kind of smart move yeah it is a very complex discussion and also i don't want to kind of uh as a man you know judge a woman for what she does or doesn't do with her body either but now i've just seen a lot of it recently and um i was curious of what your thoughts were well um you saying it might be bringing a new crowd in just reminded me of the point i was going to make um the lineage that i'm from desa kachar a fundamental part of the teaching was to start at the level at where your students are so if people are at this superficial level and their way into yoga might be a really nice pair of leggings or a really nice um, sports bra or a bikini or some hot model doing uh, a wheel, um, you know, a backbend on a beach or whatever. If it's that sort of superficial level, but it brings them into this inquiry of the self while, you know, when they follow it for some time, then that's a wonderful thing. So, yeah, there's positivity to be had there, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, yeah, it's all part of the process as the kind of movement evolves, I suppose. You're going to get all sorts. And some people might argue that that kind of stuff, yeah, is (laughs) an evolution of it. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, definitely I like the whole kind of, thing about being you know completely comfortable and free with your body mm-hmm. because I think especially here in countries like the UK we're kind of taught to be very much ashamed in a way and hidden oh, yeah. all that stuff mm-hmm. so yeah there's definitely a lot of different sides to that debate mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm only going to touch on this just because I don't really want to go into too much negative stuff but yeah there was a an article that i shared with you and a few yoga friends just because it made me chuckle and it says does yoga have a conspiracy theory problem i just <laughs> want to start with my kind of take on it because i read it and it was outrageous it was saying far right conspiracies even though i know for a fact most yogis are kind of would be more left-wing inclined mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was just throwing out a lot of big claims but i think for me it's like as a meditation teacher i can't speak for yoga teachers these kind of practices are going to raise your awareness and consciousness so 
obviously I'm not completely dismissing everything in the narrative, but I think anyone with a decent amount of conscious awareness is going to realise there's something bigger going on. And obviously there has been some outrageous theories that I don't believe are true at all, but uh, I've been vocal, especially on the channel, that I think there is something bigger going on. So yeah, it's, like I said, we don't have to go too much into it, just wanted to hear your take on that. Um, yeah, I think I think even people who aren't in the yoga world who are um, who are buying into the whole story are still questioning a lot of it. Mm. And I think you're right. People who do yoga and med- meditation definitely are like um, you know we're we're more inclined to think outside the box, shall we say? Mm. And so. Things just don't sit well for a lot of people. But I wouldn't say the yoga community has a problem with conspiracy theories. And I think what this particular article, um, shall we say, like, uh, got me a little bit annoyed. (laughs) is The way that it kind of, like, sensationalized the language as if to say thinking for yourself is a bad thing. Yeah. To think that we are connected to the world is a bad thing. And to think that we can look after ourselves and our own health is a bad thing and is offensive to the medical system and the government. That's, that, that shouldn't be offensive. That is um, a group of people that are taking responsibility for their health and they're shifting the paradigm and they don't want to rely on pills and medicine. They want to take that radical responsibility and have a healthy and well-rounded lifestyle instead of treating illness and disease. You know, if you have a preventative opinion and um, take on your health, then hopefully, you know, you won't have as many issues if you just you know ate all the processed foods you wanted to eat or drank all the beers smoked all the cigarettes do all all the things that we all know are really bad for your health um yeah i can't remember where i was going with that now yeah they're, <laughs> they're the kind of people because i i refuse to wear a mask it's more of like not a political thing but i don't know just like a stand against being forced into covering my face and my airways basically and I've noticed that the people, a couple of people that have um, had a go at me in the supermarket and they've got a basket full of absolute crap and they're like five stone overweights. It's a bit hypocritical. But anyway, I don't know. I don't want to anyone or be too judgmental. But that does warm me up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like you said, the article, it's kind of uh, attacking people for questioning things and whatnot. And at the end of the day, like, we're all in the very heavy restrictions. We're basically on house arrest. We can't even open our businesses. You know, to attack people for at least questioning that, it's just outrageous to me. Yeah, and also for people that don't know much about yoga, which even though for us, because we're in that circle, it feels like everyone knows about yoga, everyone loves yoga. It's still very much like, you know, a lot of people don't know much about it. And so... Still, still pretty niche yeah and so I feel like an article like this especially in such a sensitive time where I feel like society is getting polarized in opinions instead of there being this middle ground of understanding and listening to each other I think there is that 
anyway, this fear and worry for me that it might polarize people more and think we're just a load of quacks or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, same thing um, they, they put in the article that it was like, oh, yoga teachers are, are using certain hashtags that are associated with certain bad people. Or they, and it's like the hashtags are so generalized that it's not like, you know, I, I could use that hashtag or, and, and have no idea of what it's attached to or associated with. And, yeah, I just think they've made lots of assumptions. And um, well, one of the hash- sorry to jump in, but one of the hashtags they called out was uh, Save the Children, which is a movement against child trafficking and sex trafficking. It's like, how can that be a negative to mm-hmm. be promoting such a positive thing? But obviously yeah. the BBC has got their own history. Well, I'll, uh, I'll leave the article down below. If anyone reads it, let us know your thoughts because I just think it's one of the most blatant bits of yeah propaganda and they kind of made themselves look stupid in my opinion, but maybe someone else will read it completely differently. Are you going to add anything else? They just want to sell a story, don't they, at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah, typical, typical media. Because after I read that, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to see what Sean Corn actually did have to say about that. And so I listened to a podcast and actually it's from how I read it in the article, it's nothing like how she sounded in the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's just them twisting and manipulating and sensationalizing a story to, to sell and to make it entertaining. Yeah, I'd agree. Nothing Thank you. there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your thoughts. Yeah, thanks for going into that with me. So, yeah, obviously you had to move your classes online. Mm-hmm. How have you found that generally? Um, at first, um, I was quite quick to react. And um, I know some people, I've heard some people say, oh, I didn't want to react quickly because I felt like it was coming from a place of fear. And when COVID was kind of bubbling up, there were a couple of nights where before even the lockdown got announced, I kind of saw it come in and I wasn't sleeping. And so I was was awake thinking and I just journaled a little bit. And I was like, what I need to do is go from a point of view where I'm serving people. They need the help. They need support. They need a familiar face. And so when the lockdown did come in, um, I jumped online straight away. Um, not having a single clue what to do because I was rubbish at technology. I'm getting there. I'm getting better. Um, And yeah, so I got on, I advertised it on Facebook on the night it got announced. And then I spent all weekend, like solid Friday, Saturday and Sunday, figuring out what the hell to do. Um, And it was really awkward teaching online at first, really awkward. Uh, no music, no atmosphere, no feedback from people's expressions or hearing what what they're doing or interacting with each other. It was, it was really, yeah, it was really awkward. Felt a bit cold and distant as it as it was because, of course, it's over virtual space instead of real time. Um, but on the flip side of that, I'm I'm also holding the same experience of being super duper grateful that. Um, we've got technology to be able to still keep in contact and connected to our community and do our jobs and help others and also just bring structure and purpose to the day really really helped me I think I would have 
uh, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. I would have lost my shit completely. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't have my yoga and people to teach and people to show up to and, yeah, to have that purpose and structure to my day, I would have gone crazy. Yeah, I get an option on uh, YouTube, whether it's an adult or child show. And normally there's always at least one swear word, so I have to fit an adult. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go for the best, because it's quite adult discussion on here, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I did try and teach a few meditation classes online at the start. I did teach a few, but I just couldn't get into it, so then I went more down the kind of recording guided meditation went down that route because like you say you don't feel the energy in the room and getting that feedback it's the same with webinars like last night i stitched that webinar in the top corner can you see like my own face and you get to the breaks the q a mm-hmm. like everyone's still here and i clicked it and everyone's there it's just it's really mm-hmm. weird i know there's one weekly class i teach and everyone has their cameras on and everyone chats and everyone's like oh how have you been such and such and they all talk amongst themselves and that's lovely but every yeah the majority of the classes people have their cameras off um they might text me afterwards saying thank you or but yeah and I understand that because if you're relaxed and you're at home then you just want to be like yeah but (laughs) (laughs) I completely understand that but from a teacher's point of view it's like oh am I doing okay yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed the class I hope they're still there and they've just like put you on mute and walked off yeah do you think people are getting more comfortable now with Zoom because obviously I've noticed that well I've noticed it in myself it scared the life out of me at the start and now I'm doing all sorts on here so yeah I think, I think people have really adapted well um I think and I think even when we come out of lockdown there's for me and I'm sure for a lot of people there's going to be an element of my business that will stay online because it gives you so much more reach you know I've I've had people join my classes from like Austria America Ireland and I would never been able to have that opportunity to connect to those people um so yeah definitely I'll keep it online and I think people are you know all all people from all ages are, are coming to the classes it's not just the younger crowd people are are realizing you know they still need to um they need to adapt with the times and, and whether you like it or not technology is going to be a big part of our lives moving forwards yeah 100 percent agree mm-hmm. yeah whether we like it or not it's it's happening um but yeah completely agree with what you're saying like with the crypto stuff uh, a couple of people in my community we've got I think two from australia we've got three living in america so you're kind of like connecting with these like-minded people from around the world which is beautiful obviously and if i was just doing the webinar in a local hall or whatever it would just be local people only so there is definitely some pluses as well isn't there? yeah definitely i think it's really cool yeah cool and have you kind of like got chatty with any of them become kind of bit friendly yeah to and fro with a few emails and stuff um or you know if if it's a workshop there's there's some people that offer really lovely feedback afterwards or some people just really want to connect and they'll like send me pictures of their scenery outside like one lady sent me a picture of like 
snowy mountains because she's in in some somewhere in Austria and she's like this is my view and da 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 it's like told me her job told me her life story I was like oh that's lovely thanks but it is really nice because um it's nice that people take that time out to want that connection and for you to be there and receive it like it is especially in this day and age where we can't go out and we can't just connect to people like even everyone walking around the park just smiling at someone and just saying good morning or good afternoon or whatever I think like it's just these little things that we might have taken for granted before are really valuable now yeah I think people have got more friendly I've noticed walking around the only people just kind of sit to themselves but people do kind of say good morning good afternoon a lot more I've found might just be me No, I agree, definitely. I think people are appreciating that kind of, yeah, connection more. Um, see, I'll, I'll ask you about your services and when the studio might be reopening stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. So just one last question on the kind of yoga from, um, what would you say is the greatest gift that yoga has given to you? Oh my God, that's such a big question. Uh, And I know you gave me advance warning for this one and I couldn't really answer it because it's just given me so much. And I don't want to sound cliche because I'm sure all yoga teachers say this. And in fact, I know most yoga teachers say this because I read it in magazines. Um, But it's, it's, you know, I've never been as happy or healthy as as I have been since I've really embraced yoga as a lifestyle and a path um, you know before I did it a couple of times a week but it wasn't my lifestyle because I was still working full-time at a job I was tired I was sleep deprived I wasn't eating as well as I could have been and all these other things that get in, get in the way but really when I took the leap to commit to it seriously um yeah so happy so healthy um I'm connected to myself I'm learning new stuff about myself every day and I think when you learn and heal yourself you can help those around you and it creates a ripple effect um yeah so it's a big answer (laughs) it's kind of like it's giving me everything (laughs) Uh, yeah I guess it does it encompasses so many things isn't it mind body spirit and yeah it's very profound work that you're doing so i've got a lot of respect for it and you mentioned a bit earlier um journaling and you said that yoga isn't the yogic lifestyle isn't just about doing the stretches and the actual yoga can you tell us a bit more about some of the other practices outside of that yeah of course so um there is um it's called the eight limbs of yoga and so there's eight different disciplines and asana which is the posture is just one so we have um our yamas and niyamas which are like our yoga ethics and um how to treat yourselves and how to treat others so basically how to structure your lives and then it goes on to um asana i think and then pranayama and then dhyana or dharana there's two that sound really similar and off the top of my head i might get that incorrect but basically it's meditation one-pointed focus uh, and then it gets higher and higher of like the discipline so you have pratihara which is um one-pointed focus so people associate it with um sense withdrawal 
and then you have Samadhi at the end, I think. Okay. We should do research for this. (laughs) Yoga exam time. (laughs) I wouldn't have a clue. I'm so bad with names of things. So I stick with crypto. Regurgitating if I've just read the specific text, but when it's like having to redraw, my brain just doesn't work that way. (laughs) You you know, you're saying it's like numbered. Mm -hmm. You kind of go up a level as you go, or are you trying to do it all at the same time sort of thing? Um, I guess you're kind of trying to do it all at the same time, but people have different entry levels. Yeah. So it's like, um, I guess if you think of it as a pyramid, you want to get the foundations first and then keep, mm-hmm. keep building up. So like people, um, not people, sorry. Um, they, they, it was quoted in my in in some in one of the lectures that I did recently that you shouldn't really do meditation until you have mastered love, and whether that's love for yourself or love for others. And it's because meditation, obviously, whatever you focus on, you cultivate more of. So if you haven't dealt with impurities of the mind then you might potentially be cultivating more impurities in the mind so it's that kind of thing like there is a sequential kind of like system to it in a way yes kind of like what you were saying earlier about intention so if you were like i don't know going to yoga and the intention in your head was all how stressful the day was then you can actually make that worse is that kind of what you're saying potentially yeah definitely yeah yeah cool um and yeah is there anything else you want to talk about yoga before we start to wrap it up i'll ask a few things uh no i think that's it unless you've got any more questions for me we've covered everything that we um yeah that i've made notes for pretty much yeah wonderful yeah i've looked at my list of asked all those great so yeah just to finish up always have a bit of fun on the channel well usually so what i'd like from you is if you're having a dinner party tonight, you could ask any three people. It could be from the past, present, could be a celebrity, could just be a friend or family member or someone local, anyone you want. Who would you have at the table and why? I, I understand I put you on the spot a bit with this, but yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Go with whoever comes up. Um, probably Bob Marley would be one. Yes. He could serenade us and give us all sort of interesting stories and philosophies and ideas. What's your favourite Bob Marley song? Um, I, get enga- I, I got engaged with Bob Marley in the background and it was um, One Love. <laughs> nice. So, two, sec- two seconds. I'll grab something. This is my Bob Marley canvas in my room. Oh, wicked. It's too big to get on camera. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a big hero, am I? So I'm glad you said that. Um, another person I would have is Teo Portion Lynch, um, who is, or was, sorry, she, she passed away last year. She Have you heard of her? No, no, you have to explain who it is. Oh, she's Say like, the name again. It's a hard one to remember. Um, Teo Portion Lynch. I'm just going to critique Teo Portion Lynch. What a name. 
it's yeah it's um so she was i think 101 or 102 when she passed away and she was like the oldest um yoga teacher and um she was still doing like crazy things that i would struggle to do now at the age of 90 something <laughs> like she was an absolute wonder woman where is she from yeah i did say it right teo porchon lynch I always wonder about my pronunciation. She was American. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. What, what would you ask her? How do you still do it in United? Yeah. <laughs> What's your secret, lady? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm guessing she kind of like, she must have been doing yoga a long time. I'm guessing she still looked good for her age. In the 90s then, she was still doing that. She, like, took up salsa dancing, like, in her 90s or some, something like that. Like, later on in life, she took she took up salsa dancing, like, this energetic form of moving. And Yeah, she's just amazing. She's the, like, the epitome of, you know, how people say, uh, you're only as old as you feel. Yeah. Like, she's that in an embodied person. Oh. Is there, like, videos or a documentary of her or anything you can watch? there's documentary there is um there's a beautiful podcast um jay brown yoga talks he interviewed her a couple of years ago before she passed away and it is a really really beautiful conversation like it made me cry but a lot of things make me cry to be quite honest um same as cassie <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're just sensitive people um and yeah there's lo- there's loads of documentaries she was well publicized and videoed and phot- photographed and stuff like that so yeah if you google her loads of stuff will come up awesome yeah I'm, i'll drop a link for that podcast below if people want to watch it mm. sounds cool um, then th- so i have to pick three people yeah if possible <laughs> i don't know maybe i'd pick someone who was we didn't talk about Bob much. We can come back to this. Okay. So yeah, you said you'd talk. Would you mainly talk about music or more his kind of ideology? Well, yeah, I'm not really a musician. I think I'd want to talk more about his ideologies or just get into serenaders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, very interesting guy. I read his biography a few years ago. Can't remember too much of it, but just remember thinking, wow, what a guy. Have you heard the story of when he played um, a concert like two days after he got shot? No. Yeah, because there was a big divide in the country, like a political divide. Um, and he was doing this concert, I think it was called, maybe One Love Concert or something, like basically trying to bring the two sides together. And everyone was like, oh, don't do the concert, you're going to get killed. It's two days before one of the two sides had gone to his home and shot him. And uh, yeah, he did. When he did the concert, everyone it went to shit. My my French a year or so, whatever later. But the time we did manage to bring people together a bit, and they kind of said, uh, "Why did you do it?" And he was like, um, "Evil's not taking a day off anytime soon. So how can I?" But that was a pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good quote. <laughs> uh, well, I'd ask him about that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll ask him. Definitely. Hey, you got a shot. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought of a third while I've babbled on? I have. And it's a little bit of a cheesy one. It's a little bit 
maybe unexpected, but um, I would invite The Rock. Okay. Nice. Because I think he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I just think he'd have everyone in, and I think he'd have, yeah, everyone laughing. But I, I think, um, and he can say, you know, all these celebrity figures, we don't really know what they're really like, but he mm. seems like a cool guy. He seems like a genuine guy to me. Yeah, he does seem like a genuine guy. Yeah, good picks, good picks. Thank you. And yeah, just to finish up, uh, do you want to tell us about your services, like online classes? Because don't you do outdoor classes in the summer now as well and things like that? Um, I did them for a little while last year. Um, they They didn't go on for that long because the weather was so unpredictable so we'll have to play that by ear but the thing is with my weekly my monthly offerings they change because of either the seasons or the lockdown or the regulations yeah. or whatever's going on so i've had well, to stick with the um sit with the current online stuff because my viewers are kind of all over the country and i've even got some yeah. abroad so that's probably the best ones to talk about so i do a couple of regular classes a week um we have a half a gentle happy yoga so even more gentler than regular classes um i've got the pregnancy yoga which of course you know because katty comes to and then i have a dynamic flow so it's a bit more energy a bit more challenging we look at more advanced postures and we work into those um i also do a few workshops so at the moment, I schedule a monthly workshop called Nurture and Nourish, which combines some restorative yoga. So that's like the really, really relaxed yoga. We hold it for five minutes with lots of cushions and props and support. And then we do a little bit of pranayama, which is the energy and breath work. And then we finish with a practice called Yoga Nidra, which is very similar to a, a guided extended relaxation it's known as yogic sleep so i just did one of the, um, my first one online on friday and it went down really really well so i'm glad that worked so i'll be scheduling that once a month online even when we come out of lockdown did you put anyone to sleep yeah apparently <laughs> yeah because I, I teach yoga nidra it's one of my meditations there's normally a couple that end up snoring by the end of it <laughs> Yeah, I, I got it quite reg- uh, a couple of text messages. Oh, I fell asleep at the end of that. <laughs> it was half nine by we, by the time we finished. So yeah, um, that's that's good. I could just roll into bed afterwards. So it works quite well. Um, and then I do one-to-one classes as well. So private stuff. And that's it at the moment. I'm keeping it quite simple because um, I'm kind of digesting my studies from the pranayama training. And then I'm currently doing an Ayurveda um, wellness coaching course as well so okay so you'll be able to offer kind of is there any nutrition ayurveda um it, there's a lot there's an element of it that's nutrition but um the course that i'm looking at is the whole lifestyle so how you organize your time how you um what habits you have um what makes you healthy what makes you weak and it just looks at the whole spectrum of things really cool cool and um have you got a website or do you manage it through like Facebook? I'll leave the links to everything below. Yeah, I've got a website. So you can find me at www.blossomandbreathe.com. Amazing. 
I haven't actually checked out the website. I have to have a look. I'm quite proud of my website, actually. When did you build it? Down, it was really, really rubbish, and it was with um, Yale.com, and it, I just paid them a subscription. They did it, and I was really happy with it at the time. And then I figured out that I was getting, uh, I didn't have a good deal at all. And so I, um, yeah, I built it. I spent a couple of months building it. On... Hey, did it on your, on your own? Mm-hmm. Yep. Impressive. I, I said I was going to in mine, and then after like 10 minutes, I had a paddy because I was getting frustrated with it, and I got some. Uh, yeah, it takes some time. You have to watch a lot of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I'll leave all those links down below. And then when do you think the studio will be back open? Because I know there was an announcement yesterday, but I haven't looked into it yet. Yeah, so I believe they said that gyms will open no earlier than the 12th of April so they've given us this date but they're not saying it's definitely going to happen it's saying this will just be the earliest date so um again I'm reluctant to start planning myself and my business around those yeah they the change the goalposts so I just won't see what happens and also there's always that question of do the yoga studios fall in line with the gyms because they changed those regulations halfway through? And then just because they're opening gyms, they might not be allowing indoor classes. So who knows? If the BBC are involved, they'll close you all down because you're all conspiracy theorists. All right, conspiracy theorists. Thank you ever so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, fair play to you. First ever podcast. I asked you some difficult questions there. So yeah, good on you. (laughs) Cheers. All right, see you, Sarah. Take care. Bye.